This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Would I go back to life as it was before? Honestly, part of me says yes without a second of hesitation. I've thought many times, is there a rewind button somewhere? If so, please take me to it so we can go back and erase the last seven years, like an Etch-a-Sketch. One minute it's there, and the next minute it's gone. The ease of jumping in a car and driving where and when I wanted, that was a great convenience. The ability to navigate the world without hesitation, excessive planning, and confidence was for sure an asset. To take the weight of my challenge away from my son and husband is definitely a gift I would love to give them. To have the comfort of peering in my husband and son's eyes and knowing their thoughts just by a simple glance, my heart craves this every day. That being said, there's now a part of me that's new and uniquely fresh. There are parts of me that I would not have if I didn't go through the loss of my sight. The time that I have spent capturing special moments with our son Bennett is invaluable. And truly, something absolutely amazing has come out of what once was the hardest day of my life. That first day, my heart was broken. I had this beautiful, innocent, three-year-old little boy that I could no longer completely protect from the at-times harshness of this unpredictable world. We had no idea how to begin to explain to him what had happened and the magnitude of the impact it was going to have on his life. He needed to understand that some things about mom were going to be different now, but we had no idea how to do that without completely stripping him of his childhood innocence. I don't exactly remember which one of us was the brave one, but I do remember Bennett being told that my eye no longer worked and therefore I couldn't see anymore. He clearly didn't understand entirely because I remember sitting there at the hospital waiting to get another test done and Bennett was sitting on my lap. He turned to me and he started showing me one of his famous magic tricks. Bennett may not have entirely understood what had taken place, but what he did know was that his mom was upset, and trying to cheer me up by doing a magic show was his little way of just trying to help. I remember feeling so guilty, disappointed, and very mad at myself. How could I have let this happen? I was so concerned because I knew that my vision loss was not only going to affect my life, but rather everybody's life around me. I felt a sudden need to apologize because I felt like I had let everybody down, especially our son. Parenting is hard. Parenting with little or no sight at all is a completely different game. All of my previous parenting skills, tricks, and strategies no longer worked as they once did. I was going to have to learn how to parent in a completely different way. 
In the early days of my vision loss, we tried to keep as much structure and normality within Bennett's life as we possibly could, so he continued to go to daycare. Our daycare provider was amazing, and she totally knew what our challenges were and what our family was going through at the time. As I was starting to get more comfortable with trying things out, I decided that I was going to get Bennett dressed and ready for daycare all on my own. Bennett and I had worked together as a team, and we had successfully picked out what I believe was a matching outfit. I got him out of his jammies, into fresh clean underwear, and into his clothes for the day. I know that doesn't really sound like that big of a win, but to me, I remember feeling excitement run through my body. I remember thinking, hmm, maybe this isn't going to be so hard after all. That evening, I continued with my new take-charge attitude, and I declared that I was going to bath Bennett on my own. He was three, and I could figure out his top from his bottom, and I was pretty confident that I could do it. I had ran the tub and checked the temperature and depth with my hand, and then without any planning, I started doing something completely random. I would say, pants off, and then I'd hear him take his pants off, and then he would say, pants off. Then I thought, oh, okay, this is going to work. So I continued. Then I said, shirt off, and then a few moments later he said, shirt off. And I said, gotchi's off, and I can hear him stumbling around, and he said, gotchi's number one off. Then I heard him excitedly continue to stumble around a bit, and he said, Gotchi's number two off. I remember pausing. Gotchi's number two? What is he talking about? I remember feeling around the floor, and sure enough, two pairs of Gotchi's were laying there. He had worn two pairs of underwear all day long. During my triumphant morning, I had somehow forgot to take his underwear off that he was wearing before I slapped another pair on him. I know the saying always goes that you shouldn't leave home without a clean pair of underwear on, but I had just taken it to a whole new level. I remember bursting out in laughter, and I told Bennett that he was such a trooper. Something as simple as Bennett's bedtime routine had been significantly impacted, especially at the beginning when I had no sight at all. Before, I was always the one who got to read him his bedtime stories while he was all snuggled up in bed. To Bennett, one story was never enough. So, our routine consisted of two stories before we attempted to turn the lights out. No matter how busy I had been at work that day, or how many things I still had to do myself before calling it a day, I loved this simple quiet time together with our son. But things had changed, and for the most part, Brad took on the role of reading bedtime stories. Every once in a while, I would spiel off a story or two, verbatim, simply based on memory and repetition from over the years. At one point, though, the stories from the books stopped, and we started an altogether new bedtime routine. At this point, I had been without sight for about a month. In a private moment with my husband, I had shared with him that I was starting to forget the familiar faces, vivid images, and crystal clear memories that once existed when I closed my eyes were starting to drift away. We both felt that we had lost so much already, so in efforts of sort of prolonging the inevitable, Brad came up with the most amazing idea. 
Bennett loved pictures. My mother-in-law, Jewel, had bought him a digital picture frame one year for Christmas, and she had constantly uploaded new pictures to it so he could watch them as he drifted off to sleep each night. One evening before bed, Brad had gently set down Bennett's books to the side, and instead, he picked up the digital picture frame. He said, let's play a game. Let's describe the pictures that we see to mom, and I bet that she will be able to know which ones we're talking about and see the same picture in her mind. I remember feeling a tear gently fall down my cheek at this simple, most genuine idea. It was just so simple, and I loved it. Really, we all did. Times passed, and so much has happened. I remember I always used to feel guilty. Guilty about the mom that Bennett was suddenly assigned to. I felt like he was getting ripped off. The short end of the deal. He didn't deserve this. None of us did. But together, as a family, we've done the very best that we can to make the best of the situation we've been given. Truthfully, though, Bennett was really young when this all happened. He no longer remembers the times that I used to drive or when I would easily pick up a book and read it. And to him, me working full-time nursing is a completely foreign concept. One day, a few months later, I had an appointment at the CNIB with a low vision specialist. I was really dreading this appointment because each time I met with them, it was a bit of a reality check, a reminder of how little I really did see. I was essentially expecting to walk in there, have a conversation, and check it off my bucket list of things I needed to do. But when I got there, a lot more happened than I was initially anticipating. She started asking me about what I'd like to do before and what were the things that I was most missing now. I talked to her about the person that I once was And the things that I missed the most were the simple things, like reading bedtime stories to my son. And yes, at the end of that meeting, she did hand me a magnifier. But what I was quick to realize was, she also handed me a little piece of my life back. This little piece truly meant so much to me. Reading with a magnifier really isn't the slickest. I have to hold the magnifier extremely close to my face. And I have to have a lot of patience. I sometimes get lost on the page and have troubles finding the words. Also, I am a really slow reader because of all of this. But I was given the gift of once again being able to read bedtime stories to our son. Bennett is a total typical little boy. He loves his family, friends, and sports. He's fun-loving and hilarious. If you weren't already aware of his life situation, you would have no idea the lessons that he has had to learn. To him, I'm just his mom. And yep, I can't see entirely normally. But to Bennett, it doesn't really matter. That's just part of who I am. Instead of feeling bad about how life used to be and what life could have been, 
We embrace it, and we try to do the very best that we can. At first, I remember being really nervous being alone with Bennett. I didn't want him to leave my side. I needed to know exactly where he was at all times. But realistically, I knew that this couldn't go on forever. And I had no idea how to achieve that appropriate balance between him being safe and secure and him having enough space to explore, learn, and play on his own like typical little boys want to. So, being who I am, I started to do what I do best. I started to research my options. What was out there that could help me keep track of where my little guy was? I came up with all sorts of ideas, but I wasn't quite sure what would be considered a feasible option. One idea I initially came up with was a GPS unit. Yeah, a GPS unit. Now we're talking. Perhaps this really is the route to go. The more I think about it, the better idea it becomes. I could fasten small GPS units on many things that I commonly misplace. Top of mind, my child. I wonder if it's ethically okay to do. I mean, I would make sure that it was small, obscure, and kind of cool looking so not everybody would know that I had GPS units attached to him. For those of you who have raised little boys, you know exactly what I'm thinking. This is a total viable option. As my research continued, I read more on the specs, and sadly, my excitement started to deplete. I found out that the range really isn't all that far. You have to be in like 300 feet of the desired object. So clearly, the GPS option was out. And suddenly, I was back to having to figure it out on my own. And over time, I have figured it out. For the most part. We have our own way of doing things. If he's playing outside, I always have the window slightly opened. Some people watch their kids play. I listen. If I want to know where he is, I just call his name. He's always quick to answer. If it's just Bennett and I going out together, we have to do a lot of planning in advance. We have to figure out taxi rides or bus routes or how far of a walk it's going to be. But for the most part, we can do anything. The two of us have been on some pretty wild adventures, I have to say. But we've also made some pretty great memories along the way. And we've had a ton of laughs. We go to the movies, we go shopping, or out for lunch. If we're at the cabin, we'll go to the beach, I'll take him shore fishing, or out for ice cream. There's been a couple of times in a few different situations where I've thought, hmm, maybe this wasn't the best decision after all. But at the very least, it's going to make some pretty hilarious memories. One of those times was when my sister-in-law and I had decided to take my nephew Jag and Bennett go-karting. I could see a little bit, and I just thought, you know, it would be alright. We could just sort of go slow. It didn't exactly go as I had planned. And it was a real good reminder as to why I don't have a license anymore. Driving is not like riding a bike after all. Long story short, I switched spots with Bennett. He was eight at the time. He did a way better job driving than I did. When we are out, just the two of us, I always use my white cane. It may not be the coolest, but I know as a parent, it is the safest option. Bennett does help me a ton, especially when we're away from home. 
He helps you find items that we're looking for. He reads labels, and he's really super with directions. But I'm the parent, and I'm absolutely in control of any situation I have him in. When the two of us are out by default, we draw a lot of attention to ourselves, simply because my white cane is visible, and suddenly our business becomes everybody else's business around us. Don't get me wrong, some people are super amazing. They're observant, they're helpful, or sometimes they're even complimentary. We've had a few times where people have gone out of their way to come and talk to us and say how incredible and inspiring it is to see us out navigating the world so independently and confident. However, I've had a few other situations where there's no other way to describe it than outright rudeness. I can't personally see the glances, gestures, or the looks that we receive, but my amazing 10-year-old son most definitely can. Bennett is not judgmental, but he's also not stupid. He can tell the difference between a casual glance and a judging stare. We were walking to the store one time. We had crossed the street and we were navigating our way throughout the parking lot. We were talking back and forth and everything was going great. When suddenly I could hear Bennett let out a little giggle. I said to him, what are you laughing at? He easily said, oh, nothing, mom. And I said, no, seriously, what are you giggling at? What did I miss? He said, oh, that guy over there, he's staring at us rudely. So I stuck my tongue out at him and gave him something to look at. I burst out laughing and said, Bennett, you can't do that. He replied and said, well, maybe next time he'll think about it. Then Bennett just continued skipping alongside me as if nothing had happened. I am so proud of Bennett. My heart actually feels like it's going to explode when I sit down and reflect and think about him. It's so full of love, admiration, hope, and joy. He's 10, and he's already figured out how to navigate life with grace and class. I believe that Bennett has become an even more amazing little boy, partially because of what life had threw at him. He's patient, kind, empathetic, and honest. And he also understands the concepts of advocacy, empowerment, and perseverance. Bennett has always been one of my biggest cheerleaders and my number one inspiration. His confidence makes me laugh. He's so sure of himself. It doesn't matter the person, the context, or the situation we're in. If you want to have a conversation with him, he's happy to chat. I always hold my breath just a bit because I'm never quite sure what's going to come out of his mouth. But that's the fun part. It doesn't matter if he's talking to the premier of the province, an executive director, or his friend. Bennett is Bennett. And I just love him so much. At our house, there's always something happening. Bennett most definitely keeps my husband and myself on our toes. He's a kid, living a normal life. Don't pity him. Don't discount him. And please, don't wish for a better life for him. But instead, if you see him out and about, smile. And know that he is an absolutely fantastic kid that is loved so much. Our house can be a bit of a gong show at times. Bennett calls my white mobility cane my stick or my twig. By the way, 
Can you tell he loves hockey? Over the years, I can be commonly seen walking my nephew Jag and Bennett to the school bus stop. The two of them pretty much run circles around me, giggling, laughing, wrestling, and playing hockey on the way. Sometimes they try to convince me to get in on the game as they're walking down the street. They'll yell, quick, pass it to her, her twig's open, hurry, shoot. Or even better, one of them will forget their hockey stick at home and they'll ask if they can borrow my twig, you know, just to practice stick handling for a couple minutes while they wait for the bus to arrive. To the onlooker, we might look like an out-of-control three-ring circus. But what it really is are kids being resilient, living life, and just having fun. I don't think that there's another person in this entire world that makes me smile and laugh more than this kiddo sitting next to me. Really, sometimes he does it intentionally and others not so much. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to bring Bennett, my son, in today to come and have a chat. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks. Okay, Bennett, my first question to you is, I'm sure there's people wondering out there, what is it like having a mom that really can't see all that much? Well, it's kind of different having a mom that can't see, but most of my life you couldn't see, so it's kind of normal that we have to take some planning and you can't just drive in a car and go anywhere. It usually takes some planning, but usually we have so much fun. So when you're telling one of your buddies that, you know, I can't see all that great, I'm just wondering, what do you actually say to them? And how do they actually react? I mean, what do they think about that? I usually tell my buddies that you can't see. So if they're waving at you and you don't look at them, then it doesn't mean that you're ignoring them. It just means that you can't see them. They're usually okay with it, but they usually have one or two questions like, can she see at all or what? And I usually say that you can see, but you can't see stuff far away. Most people probably wouldn't know that you had the privilege of actually being able to name a future guide dog puppy. So I'm just wondering if you would like to share what that name was and how you picked it. At that time, I used to watch a lot of on-the-bench hockey on YouTube, and they basically just do a whole bunch of crazy stuff like trick shots with hockey, and it's I used to watch them a lot. So one of the names on the YouTube was Oli, and I thought that that'd be a great name for a guide dog puppy. So about three years ago, you decided that you had to take guitar lessons, like it was a must-do. As a result, I'm still unclear, but somehow I got hooped into doing guitar lessons then too. And anybody that knows anything about me knows that I'm like not musically inclined at all. Like I really think I'm actually tone deaf. And I'm just wondering, (laughs) I mean, how much longer do you think it's going to take for one of our songs that we're learning to actually sound like the song or at least someone be recognizable well you're not the deadliest at guitar but you're somewhat decent and in my defense i can actually play a song that actually sounds like a song but you might take another year or so but as you used to say to me practice 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 i will say that to you practice 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 all right bennett any last minute words or thoughts before we sign off 
It's just a double barrel twelve. The stock is cracked and it kicks like hell. Cut. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Cut. And that brings us to the end of this episode of The Blind Reality. I'd like to thank my son, Bennett, for coming and chatting with me today. And as always, I'd like to thank my family for their continued love and support. This episode was written and produced by me, Becky Zarr. Technical production was provided by AMI-audio's Sam Robinson. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Remember, until next time, if you need a hand, get it. If you can give a hand, give it. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.